Welcome back to the Our Spaces podcast. This is your host, Joshua Gillow. And today I have Patrick Murray from Local Roots Landscaping out in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And we talk a lot about leadership, about failures, about everything that it takes to be a leader. Because a leader, being a leader is going to take everything you have plus so much more that you don't even know. And Patrick and I really talk deep into what it takes to lead teams and to build that dream team that you can be proud of and that you can really enjoy more of your life because they're in there running the show. They're in there doing what God put them on earth to do. They are passionate and driven to serve your clients. So if that sounds exciting to you, keep listening. Hello, and welcome to Outer Spaces, a podcast dedicated to empowering designers and contractors in the outdoor living space. Through this show, I hope to create a powerful resource for you, someone who is trying to grow their company, but might not have all the tools and processes to do so. On Outer Spaces, we're passionate about breaking the chains of small mindsets and helping contractors just like you take control of their businesses and their lives. My name is Joshua Gillow, and through my 25 years of dirt under the nails experience, I look forward to sharing tips, strategies, and other contractor success stories here on the Outer Spaces podcast. Now. Let's get on with the show. Hello, welcome back to the Outer Spaces podcast. This is your host, Joshua Gillow. And my guest today uh, manages logistics and hiring and general management over at Local Roots Landscaping. Um, Calling upon his degree in business management and his landscaping experience in Ohio and in Australia. Definitely want to talk about that. As uh, a Pittsburgh native, he, his wife, and his daughter are proud to call this city their home. So Patrick Murray, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Joshua. It's a pleasure to be here. And uh, yeah, just so encouraging to be a part of this. Uh, just providing value for our industry. You know, it's something I'm extremely passionate about, something I've been in nearly my whole life. So uh, nothing makes me happier than being able to share whenever I can to uh, hopefully have something land for someone listening today. I appreciate that. It's so important for us as, as an industry to just share what we've learned, right? You have an entire lifetime of experiences that you can share, as do I and so many people listening to this podcast you know, to, to be able to, this concept of each one, teach one, right? Whatever you've learned, there's value in that. All those, you know, punches to the face you've had in the last uh, so many years in business, yep. <laughs> the things you've learned, the, the hard times, the good times, all of those things are valuable to someone. So share them. Don't hold them to yourself, especially the ones you've lost. You know, the failures, the things that are setting you back, the things you would never want to share with somebody. You know, the crazy part, your word just might be the reason why somebody tries one more time and wins. Man. that's the beautiful part about this. That's huge, man. I think you, you hit the nail on the head with, with the failure. So I think that's something so easy to want to cover up or hide or mask because we're kind of fed this lie in life that like we are supposed to be infallible. We're supposed to be per, you know perfectionist and whatnot. And I know I, as a constant battle, I still struggle with, yep. but the more comfortable you get with saying, Hey, I messed up or this was something I failed. At, right. Uh, and I'm, I'm not sad that I did that, but I'm actually like happy to see where that failure uh, takes me and what kind of launch pad is set up because of that failure. Right. And so that's, that's a life lesson. That's not something I've mastered. I'm sure it's not something anyone has ever mastered, but wow. the more you can get in that headspace, the the freer you feel, the lighter you feel, and the more helpful I feel like you are to people. So yep. so I tell myself every day, at least. So no, hundred percent, dude. And you're, you're absolutely right with that. And you know, people often ask, you know, the, the old thing, like, how you doing, Patrick? And you say, I'm good. Right. And you're like, okay, that's <laughs> what guys do. Like, okay, high five. Let's get this work done. Right. We, we never actually talk about anything that's going on in our lives. And if we do, it's very surface because we wouldn't want to, yeah. you know, open up and be vulnerable about the struggles we're going through. Right. Cause we all as human beings are struggling yeah. with something most of the time, right. With something. Yeah. Anyway, 
So it's, it's when someone asks, you know, how you doing, I've now instituted this new way of responding to that. I say, well, I'm struggling. I've been challenged. I'm celebrating and I'm breaking through every day because that's the that. truth. I love that. That's the truth. The truth is we all struggle. And oftentimes in this Instagram world, we see others doing really well and we think, well, they don't have struggles. I'm broken because I do. I'm constantly working on things. I'm, I'm failing left and right. I'm barely holding this damn thing together. One banana peel, I'm going to slip and fall and this whole business thing is going to be over. And I'm going to face the world and realize that yep. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Well, guys, listen, and I'm sure Patrick will back me up on this, or maybe not. We'll find out in a minute. We're all just figuring it out. What do you think, Patrick? Is that true for you? Yeah. No, man, I, I love it. I need to get you to repeat that quote. I need to write that down from before. But um, that illusion that we are given again, that everyone has their stuff figured out is just unbelievable. That actually sets everyone up for failure. So I don't know who started that message, but we need to find out and get rid of that first because that's not true, right? Yeah. Uh, we are all on a journey and it is basically we all struggle with imposter syndrome. I'm going to assume that every yeah. single entrepreneur out there uh, you know, struggles with imposter syndrome. And because of that, that's your biggest, your biggest hurdle to actually like real, like to actually figure out what you need to do to, to improve and to learn. Right. And so I think just understanding that we're all on a journey and we're all learning, we're all figuring it out is just so, so important on this. So, um, yeah, yeah, that's like, I couldn't agree with you more. It's so important for you guys out there listening and girls out there listening that you are not broken. There's nothing wrong with you. I fail daily. Yes, I fail daily. I'm the first one to admit it. And that is the goal because my philosophy and what I've been taught by my mentors and the people I look up to is if you're not failing, you're not pushing hard enough. So get used to failure. Yeah. Don't sit there and try to hide it from it. Don't, don't, don't do to get a, get a, um, you know, the idea that you need to stay away from it. Or my goodness, if I st put my toe in the water, it might be too hot or too cold. It's like you jump all in and go and you're going to bust things yeah. when you get in there. It's going to happen. I feel like, you know, it, it's a simple question to ask anyone, including, again, myself. I'm, I'm always, anytime I'm, I'm talking on podcasts or being interviewed, I am absolutely preaching to myself because I think it's a constant reminder that I do need, I think everyone needs. But, yeah. you know, ask yourself whenever you're going through a failure, you know, like what business do you know or what person do you know in life that hasn't gotten to the highest level of themselves without some sort of usually massive failure or failures, right? Whether it's yes. an athlete or a celebrity or business owner, it doesn't matter where it is. I'm talking about like a moral failure. And I'm talking about like just something, a business yep. gone wrong, going bankrupt, like these big things that we hear about, right? Companies absolutely plummeting to then launch the person's next company. I mean, that's a common thing, but that is so frightening to even think of being a possibility, right? So like, I think that's a good question to ask yourself. Like what, are you open to the idea of your business or your, whatever it is, passion, hobby, whatever, completely failing? Like literally you have whatever business you're in today, tomorrow you wake up and it's not there. Like, what does that make you feel? For me, I mean, I'm, it's def I'm afraid of that, right? But in theory, that should actually excite me. I should say, wow, that would actually be a crazy thing to have a completely new start with all of the education I've learned from the School of Hard Knocks the last 10 years, right? But we don't necessarily think that way. We need people speaking in our lives, reminding yes. us to think that way. 100% because you don't start from zero. If you lose it all today, you don't start yes. from zero. You learn everything from beginning to that point. At that point, and you still have all that stuff. So when you start again, when that big massive quote unquote failure happens, you start out with all the accumulated knowledge at the ground zero and move yeah. up. So my goodness, this is good stuff. I didn't really plan on the podcast going this direction, but man, I'm riding this yes, for as long as we can it. because this is such good content. And I don't say that because I'm talking. I'm saying that because I know so many <laughs> that struggle in business every single day with this imposter syndrome and this idea that everyone yeah. else has it figured out and they don't and they're broken and they never will and they're not going to succeed and it's all bullshit. 
because every yep. one of us are struggling every day with something. And that's the truth. Do you know? Yeah, I totally agree. Do you know how, uh, do you know those old game shows or something? It was like the blind dating ones on like 1950s television, probably where like it's a dark room and they're like talking over, uh, like across the room, but like they couldn't see each other. I don't know if you, that rings a bell at all, but yeah, that, basically, unfortunately, but this keep concept, going. Of, yeah, yeah, no, this concept that like, you know, it was a game show and you would go on a blind date, literally in a black room, and you would just talk across each, you know, across the room and you didn't know who the person was. And then you would say, yes, I want to go on another date. That would show you who it was. They'd reveal them, right? Anyways roundabout way of saying how refreshing would it be to be in a room with tons of entrepreneurs of all different sizes and one a completely blacked out room right where our voices are changed you can't understand who's saying what and we were just speaking truth we were just saying you know this is what i'm going through mentally this is where i'm afraid of i'm afraid of failure. this is actually where i am failing right now i actually know that i'm on a path that's not going well and this is what's happening everyone just sharing out their heart right if you turn on that light switch right I bet everyone would be blown away at who's in that room. It would be everyone from the mom and pop shops running the landscaping company to high level tech companies with thousands and thousands of employees, right? We would all be saying a similar version of that, but we're all just so afraid to like, because we don't have this like figurative dark room. So I, I wonder like what would happen if we acted as though that room was around more in our small circles around coffee or over a beer and we could chat like that. Like how different would the world be? How different would growth be? Especially with men. Agreed. Women, they can talk about everything, every little minute yep. detail, but guys, yeah, not so much, you know, to be self-aware exactly. and to be focused on, uh, on, on growth and, and vulnerability and being able to open up to other men with that. And that's, man, once you do, once you finally do that and realize your ego is the only thing holding you back, once you realize yep. that opening up and talking about things, vices that are holding you back. Uh, different mindsets. You mentioned imposter syndrome, feeling like you're not enough or that you're you're afraid of what other people think. And all this kind of stuff is so so normal for the human experience, but we believe it's our problem that no one else can solve. And that's the crazy part. When we finally say it out loud in your uh, proverbial dark room here, just say it out loud, all of a sudden the weight starts to shift. It goes from being a 10,000 pound boulder on your back, being a little lighter and a little lighter. And the more you talk about it, the less weight it has, the less impact it has on yep. your life. And if you want to hold it in your whole life, that's fine. Run around with that 10,000 pound boulder on your back. That's your choice. Right. But once you start opening up and talking about these things as men uh, and women too, of course, but they're smarter than us. They already figured this out a long time ago. <laughs> Agreed. We, yeah. We're run by ego often and it's, it's, not, uh, it's <laughs> not conducive to a healthy mental life. But anyway, to start thinking about how, okay, I'm just going to start saying this, whether it's to one person, whether it's to your spouse, whether it's to other business people, whether it's to somebody that has nothing to do with business, just starting to open up changes everything. Uh, that's been my journey. You know, I've held everything too close and figuring that someone would laugh at me or make fun of me or think of me different yep. because they knew of vices that I was managing or, or, or uh, addicted to at that moment or that, that time of my life. And I figured they're going to be so judgmental. And you know what the crazy part is? This is what happens, Patrick. Almost every time when I start opening up with that stuff to somebody new, they're like, okay, you know what? I actually struggle yep. with that too. And you're like, and, and I've never said that to another person. Thank you, Joshua, for talking to me about this because because they don't have a platform for it. They feel judged. They're going to be judged. That's it's right. the number one saboteur in our brains, right? We're, we're afraid of being judged and we're easy to judge other people. So that yep. one's in control. So now we're like, well, what if I say this out loud? I can't take it back. And what if they judge me or don't like me? And the crazy yep. part is that once you actually open up and talk about these things, others are kind of, they're pulled in like a, like a moth to light. They're like, wait a minute here. He's actually speaking truth. That's what I'm going through, but yep. I don't know where to open up about this. I'm stuck in this, yep. this world that I can't get out of. So, man. Yeah, 
how oftentimes, yeah, are we like you, you're able to create the platform for that just by opening up your opening up to people by opening up your mouth, right? Yep. Just by saying like, hey, this is something I struggle with. And people are instantly like, wait, the platform's open. There's a stage here. I can talk on this. And it's not just to complain or even like commiserate. It's literally say like, thank you for inviting me to be vulnerable, right? Just by a small comment, small thing I'll say in front of my company is, uh, as some of you may know, I, I actually struggle pretty heavily with anxiety and certain things keep me up at night. This is the kind of stuff I'm stressed about. Um, not, you know, it's something I'm actively working on, but it is something that, I, you know, I need to be aware of. And like instantly you could see people in the room like, oh, wow, our leader is actually admitting that he has like, he's flawed, right? And it's not a flaw. It's just a, something I, you know, struggle with. And so if, if you can literally break that down or even say things like, uh, um, man, like last night I was, you know, really having trouble at home. This, I couldn't uh, let go of that one thing at work, you know, and then you see your coworkers being like, oh, wow, like I'm not the only one, you know? And so it, it, yeah. it just allows them, these little comments allow people to open up and be vulnerable and realize they're not weak, they're not broken, they don't have issues, they're just human. And so am I, and so are you, right? That's all it is. Like we're just, we're all kind of the same thing. We are, you are kind of unique, but not not that unique. It's true. We like to think that our identity is so unique. We're the only one on this planet <laughs> of 8 billion people that have this issue. Like that's, that's, that's our ego saying we're so unique and that's BS. You know that as much as I do. Right. We all struggle with the same things. We just don't want to talk about them because then we have to face the fact right. that we are unique or right? you know, the identity isn't just one of a kind. Right. So anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Good stuff, dude. It's good stuff. And it's true. Yeah. When you start opening up today, what I really wanted to talk about and what we're going to get to now <laughs> is the uh, you were in charge of, you know, hiring and management logistics over there at Local Roots. And I'd love to talk about hiring your know, dream team, becoming the leader of a yeah. team that you can't wait to be in every work to every day to work to. Um, so I'd love for you to start, you know, start us out here with finding the right people, creating that culture, all of that. I know we've talked about that before in other podcasts, but I'd love to hear your your perspective of that and how you guys did it out there. I hear amazing things about what you're doing out there in Pittsburgh. And I'd love to hear what you're doing, how you're doing. If you have a couple of tips that can help our listeners start creating that dream team, because I have a dream team right now. It's, I'm so blessed to have that. And once you have a dream team, you sit there and say, well, that's, that's like the only way it should be. How can we help others get there too? Because it's the biggest blessing in life. Yep. No, it truly is. That's that's well said, Joshua. And I think, uh, you know, I could say it's in one one sentence from from the movie Field of Dreams. That's if you build it, they will come, right? And that's that's obviously the the easy way to say that. But that is not as it is not as easy to do that because uh, it is a mix of speaking that into existence and into your reality. But in that comes a ton of hard work, a ton of grit, a ton of failure, a ton of like being let down, taken advantage of, right? All these things, right? But Truth be told, uh, you know, when Ken and I kind of pivoted our pivot point on being just super obsessed with ourselves being in control and building everything, doing all the work, making sure we were the ones to like be the first and the last people to touch everything, right? We When we pivoted from that to saying, um, hey, like I actually want to create a team and find the people, curate this business to be our dream in a way, right? Like we, we were told we can create anything in life, right? Uh, I think that's truer than reason. And we were put on this platform of, of landscaping, uh, you know, for, for numerous reasons. And so our dream was to create not just beautiful projects, not just amazing maintenance contracts, but a, like a group of people, a culture, a like human experience that is like, unlike anything else, right? At least in my realm. And that's, I'll, you know, I won't say that I have anything that crazy unique in this world, but I think in my space, in my world, I think it is. And so um, when that changed to, to that, you kind of start seeing the future, you start, I, I, I'm a big believer in like self-fulfilled prophecy. You start talking about things, you start working towards things. Right. And then you, you like 
speak them into existence per se. Again, with hard work, grit, all that course, stuff, right? Yeah. But um, with that, you know, we uh, we would say I have this ideal that this person exists that would uh, you know run or that that would sell projects uh, ten times better than us, right? They have the they a better ability to do that. I'd say, or Kevin would say, well, no, like no one can sell better than me, right? And I'm like, well, hey, we should challenge that thought, yeah. right? And that that thought right there, Joshua of. I'm the best at this. Yep. We are, I, you know, I've joked about this on, on different interviews and podcasts, but um, anytime me and Ken had found or still find ourselves saying, well, that's just something that I do because I'm probably the best at it in this company. And we say in different ways, but we now challenge each other and say like, why are, why are you the best at that? Like, do you want to be the best at that? You know, like, shouldn't you have someone that's better than you at that? And so that mindset, like literally forced us to find people who were better than us. Now that you talk about ego, pride, hey. control, all those things. I mean, Get, get out of town with that stuff, right? Yep. So um, first it was installing walls. I'm the best at installing walls. Well, actually I was extremely slow at installing walls. I don't care how perfect they were. We weren't making money because I was too OCD about everything that didn't matter on a wall, right? right? Um, so with that, you asked about like creating those teams. So we would find a need. We'd want to replace who, like if we were the best at something, we'd want to replace ourselves with that person, not just in skill set, but was their passion, their drive, their character in what they were leading better than us, right? And that is like the telling factor of like, that is the person that should fill this role. Sometimes it takes training, obviously, and you know we need to build them up to fill our, our expectations or, or the need for that seat. But um, it became a project and Local Roots itself, like our business, is the project of Local Roots is not just any one job. We're on the project is curating and and being meticulous about and and constant like continuously improving this body of people this 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 idea this thing that we spoke into existence mm-hmm. that now is a reality but it's ever changing so it's not just it hasn't happened yet does that make sense like we are we are still building so that's kind of an ethereal way to talk about building teams i can get into the nitty-gritty of fighting people training them all that stuff i'm happy to go you know wherever you want to hear on that no i appreciate it for sure and you know if 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 you take your sights away from the business in a sense that uh, that the business is only a function to create cash, right? If that's if you're willing yep. to go beyond that, if it's not just a transaction for you, but it's something transformational, right? If if that is wow, the case, that. right? If that is the case in your mind, if you're listening, you say that's me. Done. Check the box. Um, keep listening. If not, if you're just about the transaction and the cash, this is probably not going to help you a whole lot. So the reality is, if you focus on building a company that can help build humans to empower humans right it becomes a platform that's what local roots has done that's what we have done is to create a platform for people to come in and that empowers them to become the best version of themselves in said role right so it's not about oh okay i can hire this guy for sixty thousand dollars a year and i should be paying him a lot more but i can get him cheaper so he can make me a lot more money now there's obviously financials in this too guys i'm not just saying like just forget about the financials that's not how this works but at the core a business is a platform that can help empower humanity, right? And you can do it through landscaping, through tech, through whatever. It doesn't matter. You fill in the blank. If, if that becomes your standard, okay, I'm building this business because I want to empower humans and I want to get them in place. To your point earlier, if your focus is I'm the best at this, because I went through that too, dude. I went through that like I could lay pavers like nobody. Like it was, I was the guy, yep. right? And to your walls and all that, I could be OCD as heck about every detail, make yep. sure all those lines <laughs> are broken up and it's the best color mixing, like all of that, pulling pavers out, putting them in different spots, making it just perfect. And I'm like, the first thing I was thinking about when building a team, I'm thinking like, how am I ever going to hire somebody that actually cares about that stuff? And that I know they do that I don't have to watch them. That's not possible. I'm the only one who can do that. 
I'm the only one that can sell. I'm the only one that can design. I'm just the best at all of these things. I don't see anybody around me that's better. And dude, that kept yep, me in yep. prison for years. Prison with no key. I had no choice. Do you feel that too, Patrick? 100%. I mean, I think I'd be lying if I said I still don't find myself in, we'll say, many prisons every so often because I, I get back in that mindset in some way, shape, or form, right? As yeah. business transforms, and you have to remind yourself, like, no, 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 I'm not going back there. Like, that's not for me, right? And so it's it's truly like wanting to, to liberate yourself through that stuff. But yeah, I think I love what you said about the transactional versus transformational. I think it's so funny. I forget. I'll just be honest, everyone on here. I, I obviously know that a business takes finances and strategy and our bookkeeping needs to be on point and there's accounting and we have a controller like all that stuff matters for sure like you it's idiotic to say money doesn't matter in business because it is literally what keeps it alive right however i will forget oftentimes that like my job like what i'm doing at local roots or the other companies i'm managing right now like i will forget like oh yeah there is a paycheck on your side of this or oh yeah there is i'm receiving income for this like i just go home i'm like yeah my family's fed that's awesome that's cool but like the reality is like, I'm going to work on this project today. It's like yeah. an artist, truly. Like the artists, most artists are not thinking about the revenue they're going to generate from that painting or that photo they're taking. They're just like, they're working on that project. And they're like, oh, by the way, I need to eat. Okay, yeah, can I sell this, right? Like, let me let me make some money on this. And that's truly, it makes me, probably drives my wife crazy. But oftentimes I'm like, I don't feel like care really. I, I hopefully we're fine. But I just want people to be thriving here. I want them to literally be in a spot here that's unlike anywhere else they could find. And for them to like just be discovering their geniuses that aren't even discovered yet, right? Where they're like, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that I had this this talent. I didn't realize that I could, I had this potential until Pat helped me to see that or until my other coworker helped me to see this. That doesn't have to be me, right? It's like other people, that's another thing when you're in an incubator kind of uh, company, other people are helping bring that stuff out of each other. It's not just me. I'm not in the jail or prison of having to be that person that brings that out of them. So yep. it's, it's a domino effect whenever you truly start getting that incubator going. When you truly start getting people in that I'll just say right now, hands down, you need to hire people that love people and care about people, period. Like that's it. You obviously need technical knowledge and people who are like hard workers, 100%. We don't just hire lazy, happy people, right? Like we have very hardworking people, but at, at their core, they just respect and love people and have like a pretty solid moral and ethical compass, right? Like that's really what what they do. Um, and with that, you really can't go wrong. Pair that with technical prowess, right? And like, it's unstoppable. So totally, dude. I couldn't agree with you more. You know, and again, it, it, that's why I asked the question or said the statement earlier about what is your intent? If it's just about making money, none of this matters. Because then you're just going to go out there no. and you'll probably be the lowest bidder and you'll be out of business in no time, pulling your hair out and probably divorced and, and with tons of addictions, right? Like just, that's the yep, road that yep. takes you on. Or if you're going to say, yes. no, I want to make a difference in this world. And maybe it's a, and not in the world, like, oh my God, there's 8 billion people. How am I going to make a difference? What if you just focused on making a difference in one person's world? Just one. Yeah. That's it. Just be the light or the reason why somebody gets up and smiles in the morning by saying, you know what? I get to go serve these people. I get to go do this cool stuff. I get to go out and, and build stuff. I get to go out and create new designs, spaces that families are going to take pictures on. And those pictures are going to sit in, in frames on their walls for their grandkids to see. You get the opportunity yep. to do that. You don't have to. You get to do this. This is a choice. But so is it a transaction or a transformation? What, what yep. kind of business are you in? Yeah, I love, I love that. That's something I could actually be using, you know, in our, in our company uh, events and whatnot. So 
something you said that resonates as well, the one person versus, you know, 8 billion, we'll say, because I think I struggle with that as well. Part of our business statement is becoming the the number one landscaping company for the world. It right. used to be in the world, but we're like, yeah, we don't need to be the best in the world. We want to be the best for the world, right? And there are parts of me where like, I do want to affect the 8 million, right? Like, or sorry, 8 billion, right? Like that's, that's really what I want. But um, that said, if you focus on the one, and this is, uh, you know, many, many mentors of mine will say like, you know, it's great to speak on stages, but the most impact you'll have are going to be on those, those one-to-one conversations over coffee or in a small peer group, things like that, right? It's just easy for us as leaders to think, well, my impact needs to be in front of 7,000 people on a stage, right? That's awesome. And they're, tomorrow. They're def- I mean, I, tomorrow, I, right? <laughs> right, yeah, yeah exactly. Tomorrow, yeah, exactly. Success, yeah. 7,000 tomorrow, and I've never been on a stage before. Yeah. And if I don't do that, That's I'm a complete right. failure. Oh, failure, right. And I, I actually, currently, everyone listening, I actually think that sometimes, just so you know, like yeah. I have that in my head where I'm like, I can't believe I'm not speaking in front of thousands right now, right? That said, let's go back to the, the affecting one, because you're not actually affecting one. So let's take one of our, we'll just take a guy named Bob, okay, on our company. Um, Actually, who's the company? Alan, we'll say Alan, because I don't have an Alan in my company. So we'll take a guy named Alan in my company, right? Say he comes into work every day and, uh, and he just has a delighted experience. He's doing all of his passion work. He's doing everything he absolutely loves, right? He's being treated fairly. People are saying they love him at work. I mean, he truly have the best experience. He then, that yeah, you impacted just in that one person. Say everyone else hated their job for some reason, right? And just Alan. Alan goes home every day to his family now. And he says, you'll never believe it. My job's amazing. Or maybe he's, he's even nonverbal about it. He just says, hey, I'm just going to love my family, my wife, my kids in a way that I'm taught at work, right? Mm-hmm. He does that to them. They go on to their friends at school. They then have kids when they grow up and go on to do that. You've literally just impacted, we'll say thousands of people. Yes. So like, I think if we get out of our heads to think that it's thousands now and see it as thousands later or not even worry about that because so in my faith, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian guy. Like I'm, I'm not in control of that. So like, it is not even in my control to do that. I'm just called to love people. So that's all I'm doing. So yep. if I can love people and I can be passed on, then like I'm going to count on God to do the rest. So that's, that's again, my personal belief, but um, I think it's important to share that because that is my the heart of my motivation in this. 100% dude, and as a fellow Christian, I totally agree with you. And it's not really up awesome, to us. Man. We're just kind of here rolling through and doing his work. That's really what it's about. And the more we can empower and the more we can stay out of our ego and in our hearts and know that, you know, directing and helping people and guiding them is is all we really ever get to do, right? Because the number one thing in leadership is, is influence. That's all we can do is influence people. We can't control anything. Yeah. Nothing can be controlled. No. We have no control. That is a complete mental game of thinking you can control anything in this world. You know, we were talking about the weather before exactly. we kicked off and you're like, dude, I don't even look at the weather. I'm like, you're right. You can't control yeah. it anyway. What's the point, right? In the old days, you'd be watching, right. like, can I get this project done this week? Oh my God, it's supposed <laughs> to rain. This is insane. Then you start putting all this what ifs in your head and you're not going to get this done and you promise that client this and it becomes this drives yeah. the anxiety up, right? So yeah. when you say, dude, just surrender and say, I have no control over any of these things. I am here to guide and I am here to inspire yeah. other people uh, yeah. and, and that's it. All I can do is influence them. That's all. They're going to do whatever they're going to do anyway. They have their own motivation. Yep. So yep. it's so important. But you you mentioned a lot of great stuff so far, but my bigger question to you in this context, of course, is how do you find people to come to work with? You know, yeah, it's yeah. easy to, once you have them, right? Once you have a dream team, it's easier. Yep. You get the guy that's perfectly yep. happy and loves his job, but how do you find these people? How do you attract them? Yeah, no, that's a great question. And there, there's no one size fits all. There's no answer I can give as like the magic bullet. I'm still looking for that magic bullet, right? And I, sometimes I think we found it, but uh, it, it, it differs in the type of position we're looking for, right? Mm-hmm. So you have your uh, upper level management, you have your your middle management, and you have your, you know, your team field leaders, you have your field technicians. So there's all these different levels, right? Um, absolute best 
funnel of wonderful employees. Um, it's not super quick and like, and it's not like overflowing, but it is going to be referrals from your employees internally. And that's a slower burn. I think a lot of people are afraid to like hurt their character if their people don't show up for an interview or whatever. We've had that before, but we mm-hmm. make it very clear that we don't hold that against them. But that is where you'll find people who are that, you know, they're talking at parties or they're, they're, you know, chatting with their friends. And it, it's sometimes a multiple year burn right before you're actually like, you get this guy, Josh in your yeah. company that you've been, you've heard about for years from your one employee, Yeah, but they have something to lose that, right. They're making their, they're, they're there to like impress their friend yeah. or their family member. They're there to like prove that they're, they're worthy to be a part of this team that their friends been you know, boasting about. And, um, so that's one way we, we love that way. We have had, we have failures in that way as well, where people just disappoint their friends and that stinks, but it is what it is. Right. Yep. Um, and then the next way would be growing, growing your people from within is a beautiful thing. If you have high achievers, you can almost spot them from the start. Mm-hmm. You have to obviously be careful not to like grow them too fast. We have someone right now we're working with, I'm like very like pumped to get them worked up, you know, but, uh, I have to be careful not to like go too fast. If that makes sense, just because yep. their potentials through the roof, but they're young. So it's one of those things as well. Okay. And then finding other people in recruiting. So we have, we use, um, I'll just say our payroll system is called Paylocity. We absolutely love it. There's a recruiting feature where we post our jobs. It blasts it through some advertising money to like 500 job boards. People are just it, like applying like crazy. It sends it right through. We can schedule interviews right through this. Our admin has like a one, like a one platform touch, if that makes sense. We don't deal with Indeed anymore because it's talking through Indeed. Um, and then literally schedules interviews. And if we hire them, schedule like sets their onboarding up from all the information received from that initial job board. So it's just an absolutely like autonomous system. Has some flaws, but we are very pleased with it. And what's it so called from again? There, so we use Paylocity and it's Paylocity. our payroll system. Okay. Yeah. There's an in, I don't want to go off on tangent, but there's an internal community board. It's like an internal Facebook. So we use that to blast our photos and right. encouragement and stuff. I mean, Paylocity has actually been a pretty formational part of our business. There's other platforms out there, but we got connected with them for some reason. Perfect. Um, okay. So then finding other, other, we'll say like field technicians, field leaders, you know, we have ads posted all the time. So we're always hiring. Um, that can be annoying at times because we're getting applicants all the time and not necessarily caught like interviewing them. Right. We'll just, uh, you suppress like if we press reject, they'll get a notification, but we want to make sure we're always having eyes on who's available in the market. Cause there are absolute like all stars that will just randomly pop up because they're, they had a bad couple weeks at work or a bad day at work or they were, they haven't felt the growth that they should have at their job, right? And so I think having those those postings always up, even if you're not hiring, that's a big thing that I need, I think people should hear today is um, you are always hiring. You don't need to say it like in a an arrogant way, like we're always hiring, we're going to weed out the weaklings. Like that's not what we say, you know, but we do like have a challenge for people like, hey, we, we are, everyone here is replaceable. We all know that. It's not a surprise. If you're not comfortable being here and you want to leave, you are more than welcome to go. We are not going to force anyone to stay here. But just know, like, we just want top talent. That's all we want here is top talent with people with passion, right? So, um, yeah, those job boards are super helpful. And then um, we have, we actually just started um, testing, and it's been really good, actually, um, with, uh, like, a temporary work agency. That's, uh, like, a staffing agency, I should say. Mm-hmm. They contacted me. It came at a good time. We we're looking to pump up our maintenance staff. And I'm like, I don't, I don't you know, I don't know how I feel about this, but we, we have a very specific person that we're looking for like their character needs to be tight we're not we're not just looking for someone who's looking for a random job to make a couple bucks a week right yep. and that's that was a fallacy with how i like i guess some staffing agencies work and we have two that came on board that are just absolute all-stars and and so that was a really cool find to have there now we have them through the staffing agency for three months 
And then once they're done there, I think we have to pay up like $200 to like release them. And then they become our full-time employees if we want that. And so I, I'm, I, I don't know, I'm, I'm curious to see how that goes, but it seems like a very neat version to have like lower liability. You still have the drug testing, your background checks, the vetting process. We then put them through our interview process. So it's almost like more vetting than we even do through our, our normal process. So that was encouraging there, I think. Um, Absolutely. Patrick, a question for you. Local roots, just so the listeners know, what is how many employees do they have, like that kind of thing, so they get a sense of maybe even what, if you're open to it, what annual sales look like, like that kind of thing, so they say what size of the company it is. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, thanks for asking that. So we are right around 48 employees right now, and that fluctuates with summer health uh-huh. and then, you know, uh, and maintenance ramp ups and whatnot, but that 48 to 52 uh, is where we've been this year. And then we'll finish this year right around 8 million in, in gross sales. Got it. Perfect. So you have teams to manage constantly. It's not, uh, you know, mom and pop. <laughs> you've got you've got lots That's of people for sure. in HR to play with every day. Yeah, for yeah. sure. For sure. And there's a lot, a lot going on there. But uh, but again, with the right leaders in place, mm-hmm. like you're not hearing about every single mm-hmm. fire that needs to put That's out. Right. Every day. That's right. So. That's right. No, I love that, dude. And I love the fact that you have outsourced a lot of these problems, right? And, and said, you know what? Other people are better at this than we are. So- Let's let's bounce back. I had a, in the very beginning, it said something about Ohio and Australia. So tell me a little bit about Australia. Yeah. Ohio, I get Australia. That's interesting. Tell me a little yeah. about that. Then I want to get into more about leadership and becoming a better leader of that team. Yeah, no, I love it, Joshua. So Australia, yeah. So uh, I took a semester off of college because I was getting burnt out. I didn't really belong in college, but I was in my junior year. So it's too late. I'm going to finish where I started. And then my now business partner and best friend at the time and still best friend, I was, uh, I wanted to travel with him. And so he got an internship at the Salvation Army over there. Um, so we were able to take this four months off. Okay. So we just flew to Australia. I think I had, I had $2,000. Really? That's what I had at the time. Right. Like two grand should, should do us just fine. You know, we get over there, we had cheap housing. I didn't have a job lined up, but I, I figured I'd find some gigs and whatnot. He had an unpaid internship at Salvation Army. We got over there and we realized, um, the dollar at the time was like way not in our favor. So we were like, oh crap, we don't know what to do now. You know? And Minimum wage over there was 21 an hour, which were like, that's pretty cool. But that was because everything was triple the cost. Literally. So we're like, wait a second. Yeah. My $2,000 an hour, like nothing, yeah, you know? Yeah. So we were like, we got to figure this out. So got over there. Uh, we needed to make money. So met up with, um, how do we get connected? Our, our um, house, the, our host uh, had a connection at his church to a guy who did landscaping. We ended up getting in with him, working. It was like cash work, gig work, but we were doing some paver work planting, mulching, like just basic exterior plantings around his apartment building he had. And then um, from there he had, you know, it was a small thing he had going on. So he was like, I got, I might, I don't have any more work for you. Yes, you're out of work. And so he was like, uh, you know, I have a, I have a mate who doesn't, has a painting company. So he introduced us to, to Wayno and Wayno is one of our biggest influences actually to date. And, you know, the painting company, we started working with him and the reality is we did some landscape over the right. But really what Ken and I did together was we worked together just in business together and in a partnership. And and what I mean by that, this is super important for anyone who has a partner, whether it's, you know, your life partner uh, at home or it's your business partner, right? It's going to be, we started that relationship, I, I said, with having the, or in Australia, that relationship with having him as, as, as an unpaid intern, right? But it was doing something that I really believed in. It was awesome. He was working with the homeless culture in Australia. I had a gig that was paying me 20 bucks an hour. Minimum wage in Australia. We thought it was great. We were making tons of money. Well, I was splitting that money with him half and half. So I figured his work was unpaid, but it was like, he was getting 10 bucks an hour. I was getting 10 bucks an hour. We split that money and that's how we lived in Australia. So some might call that communism. Some might call that partnership, whatever you want to call it, right? 
But that trust and that like, I think, understanding of where we were really helped to put us where we are now, right? Because we still function very heavily like that in a business sense and in a friendship sense. Um, so we went through Australia, literally working our way across the continent to one point, very funny. This again, where partnership just, you have the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. We were at an ATM machine trying to get money out to go to a bakery, I think in the middle of Australia. And we swiped our card and I got a balance and it said like, I, I was thinking I had like, I, I don't know why I didn't budget properly or whatever, no judgment there, but I was thinking I had a couple thousand bucks in there and I, it said $21 and like 82 cents <laughs> or something. And I just like shook it. I pressed cancel and I put the card again and Ken was standing there on the <laughs> again and said the same number. It was like one of those modes where like, no, no, this can't be true. So like, I was like, dude, we're out of money. We don't have any money paying down. So what we did though, in our resource, right? Like we hit that spot when we called all the contacts we knew. We're like, we're in the middle of Adelaide. It was called uh, West Coast of Australia. Hey, Wayne, we're in the middle of Adelaide. We don't have money. Do you know anyone out here? You said your family lives out. Can we meet up with them and see if they have work for us? Turns out, we met up with this family. They're amazing. We live with them for a little bit. They give us all this work, painting houses and all this, this crazy stuff. We, we ended up driving back to Sydney and had like a lot more money than what we had in Adelaide, right? Uh -huh. We sold our car that we bought there. And uh, long story short, we went, oh, we landed in Pittsburgh and I had like $3,000 in my bank account, well, right? Yeah. And I left with two, right? So you see that and you see yeah. what happened there. So my mom, I remember saying like, like I looked at her, I was like, hey, mom, I came back with more than I left with. And it was like such a pride, proud, proud moment for me, right? But I say all that to say, that was teamwork there. And it was both of us realizing like, we have a lot of work to do here to make sure that we're covering each other's back. And then, you know, him not saying, hey, you messed up by not accounting for these expenses or whatever it was at the time, right? Yeah. And so that was just like, and Wayne said this to us, he said, you guys have something very special I've never seen ever in any of my employees or any of my family, like you guys need to go into business together. And so we we created a company, of the, I think it was an LLC, it was like, Uncle Wayne's painting company. And I did like one drywall repair job. I'm like, I actually hate this. I don't want to do this at all. You know? <laughs> but, yeah. you know, that went to the next thing. And we we had some yards and stuff like that and then turned into our whole journey together. But that awesome. was a huge influence in that. Like we, Ken and I do have like opposite skill sets and then like, but a similar passion. And that has uh, given us like the power of partnership. I love that, dude. I love that story too. That's so good. That's so good. The things you learn, right? And you could call all of those things failures, but you choose not to, right? Yeah. Everything oh, yeah. that you learned yeah, was a exactly. foundation for the launch you eventually would have. It's so good. That's right. I love it. I love it. So now we've, yeah. we've learned how to find some of these dream team people and bring them in. We know that it's not a transaction. It has to be a transformation of their lives and of the company and of the people they serve. You know, now how do you become a leader that can lead a dream team? Because you know what? You might want one. You might have a couple of really good key people. But how do you become a leader that A, they'll follow and B, that you can actually believe that you're leading this company, that it's not just happening? Yeah, man, that's that's a huge question. And I uh, I cannot answer in the sense that I would just say, I've figured it out or here's exactly what I'm doing that everyone should follow, right? Because everyone, again, listening needs to know, like, I'm on my own journey. I am constantly absorbing and learning as I go, right? But that said, I am extremely in tune and aware of myself and my surroundings and the needs of people and the needs of myself. Right. And that, that's something I can say that I have developed and am, am, am learning uh, fairly well right now, but how to become a leader. I think we are those of us that would say, and it's, it seems how they're going to say, like, I'm a leader, but you should be proud and say that verbally daily. I think even like I am a leader, uh, you should express those affirmations to yourself. But those of us who call ourselves leaders, I think typically are are born with an inherent gift of just like, or a passion to say like, I feel like kind of led to be a leader here. Right. But if you stop right there and you say, yeah, I was, I was born to be a leader. That's, that's going to go nowhere. Like it is literally a skill that you need to build. Mm -hmm. It is a hundred percent. A, if there was a degree for it, I wouldn't pay for it, but I would say you need to learn this. Right. 
And so it is mentors, it is podcasts, it is reading, it is audiobooks, it is taking in as much as you can to literally physically learn. Like it is a constant, it's a degree that will be, that will take me the next, hopefully, I don't know, 70 years if I live that long, like whatever, however long I live, that's what it's going to be, right? But if it stops there, it's still not actually accomplishing leadership, right? The next stage in that absorbing and like that learning is literally, I struggle with this, is listening and not talking and absorbing from the people you're around. Now that could be your, obviously your coworkers, your staff, your team members, that could be people at your church, that could be people at your dinner table, right? That could be your immediate family, whoever you are considering yourself to lead. And as a leader, I, I tend to think that I'm leading whoever I'm around, right? That's just naturally well, where, where I exist in that space. Um, it is listening to them, allowing them to sometimes just talk, right? And then when advice is needed, all that stuff, like that's obviously very good, but it is being available to them. And the ultimate step of leadership is like making sure that your people, everyone in those spaces, like knows that you care. They know that you're there for them. They know that you're riding those waves with them and that you are a solid force for them while still opening the platform for them to be vulnerable, right? So, you you, you know, just because I'm a leader doesn't mean I go home and act like I have figured everything out to my wife. Like I go home and I am extremely vulnerable. And then what happens there is then she is extremely vulnerable about how hard her, about how hard her day was with our kids and whatnot Pardon. because she's seeing like, hey, the leader is, is actually oh, like, this is okay. This space is safe, right? So you're creating that safe space. So uh, I forget the exact question you asked, but like how to become a good leader is constantly sharpening the, uh, sharpening the sword, right? It is, it's, it's, it's continuous improvement and continuous learning. I am obsessed with listening and reading and absorbing every bit of content I can. Mm -hmm. Craig Rochelle leadership podcast, something I'm absolutely into. Uh, we went to a global leadership summit a couple of weeks back. Absolutely into that stuff. I think that we all need that stuff, but if you're not applying that, you're not, you know, digesting it truly. Like I'd say Josh, enough to be intense, like making it like into your DNA. Yeah. Like it's not actually cool to just read a book, right? Like it's, it's truly supposed to change you. And so, um, I, I hope that helps in understanding that. I think it's, it's, it's not kitschy and saying like, it, it's true. Like it is, you need, it is a skill that you are working on constantly and you can't just wake up and think you're going to lead a meeting that you're going into if you haven't prepared for that both in the content, but also in the mindset of like, what am I trying to accomplish here? Like, how do I want my people to view me, my organization, the way I treat my family, the way I, my ethical compass, whatever it is, right? Um, it is being so aware of those things. So I don't know, hopefully that helped. I'm happy to answer more on that as well. If you want, again, more nitty gritty, I'm happy to get into that. No, I appreciate it, Patrick. And I think you nailed a, bu a bunch of big pieces. First is, and I hear in your, your uh, explanation was about being open to learning, right? Knowing that you don't have all the answers right now, and we no one does. We're all learning every single day new things. What we learned yesterday is is almost expired for today, right? Every day we've got to keep move that ball yeah. moving forward. And the, the idea that we'll ever reach a plateau or reach to the top of the mountain where we don't have to learn anymore is is a, fa a fallacy. That's just not real. If yep. you want to continue to grow, because the human spirit wants progress, it wants growth. It's that's what keeps us alive. When we stop growing, we stop yep. getting progress. We start to die inside. Just like a tree, if it stops growing, it starts to die. That's just what it is. So we have yep. to constantly keep moving, yep. whether it's 
in, in business, whether it's financial, whether it's spiritual, whether it's whatever, fitness, when you stop doing those things. I mean, how many times have you worked out for like a really long stretch and felt really, really good? And then you went on vacation for like two weeks and came back and felt like, yep. I'm sore all over again. I feel like I'm starting out from ground zero. I'm experiencing yep. that right now. Right, <laughs> I just got back from yeah. ISO with my family <laughs> and I got back to working out this week and I'm like, I'm sore in places I haven't been sore in a long time. And I'm like, man, I thought life, once you got to a certain point, you could just kind of hold it there. And it's like, that's not how this works. Yeah. You are constantly moving forward. So are you, you need to be in order to feel your spirit be alive. If not, you're going to feel like the whole world is against you and it all starts to flip in your head. So it's always a constant state of growth that'll never end. So now it's a matter of picking that, that journey for yourself. And the way you do that through leadership is to constantly be learning. So I appreciate your approach there for yep. sure. And asking great questions and being a good listener, because how can you possibly lead somebody who you don't understand where they are and what their worldview is? If you just, you know, bulldoze by putting your worldview on them and tell them how it should be, you'll never understand how they're motivated or directed. So by listening and getting a sense of, you know, stepping into their shoes or putting their glasses on and looking through at the world yep. their way by listening well, you can finally start to guide. Because remember, leadership is only one thing. It's influence. You can't influence someone you don't know how they see things. So it's by listening, it's by opening up, it's by being vulnerable, about sharing your stresses and things that are, that are beating you up. And when you do that, you open up the platform for an honest, conversational moment for everyone, for the team. Yep. And letting them know, know that you're not perfect and we're here to work together. You know, one of the biggest humbling things for me was hiring people and bringing them in as team members and then watching them take over and doing things so much better than I would ever be able to do them. And I sit back yep. and look and I'm like, thank God these people came into my life because I would still be yep. stuck back where I was owning my job. Now these guys are running yep, a business. Exactly. You know, now these guys are running a business where I can participate as much or as little as I want to, but they now are running it and each day more passionately and they're growing and to have the opportunity for them to grow as humans, not just to be slaves, right? It's like, all right, yep. each year they have a stipend that we have for them to go and do personal development. Sometimes we go climb mountains. Sometimes they go to events that have nothing to do with the business so that they can personally grow. That is a, a standard awesome. is to make sure that they're growing. Because if those humans aren't growing, your team's not growing, your, your capacity to serve is stopped unless everyone in the team is growing. And as the owner, it is a responsibility to make sure that each one you understand by listening what each one needs and make sure you can point and guide them and influence them into becoming the best versions of themselves, not a little version of you, right? Because that's yeah. where they're going to come along. I love that. I love that so much. That was well said. And uh, one thing back on the education, I want to, I want to give my business partner credit for this. He, uh, he, he absorbs things like crazy and he, he's very obsessed with, we'll say like uh, uh, elk hunting and, and things of that nature. So he was pumping his brain with podcasts, and reading all of a sudden he was becoming like, a better and better elk hunter, right? That's a very, yep. like, that's what happens when you learn. And um, he's, again, a very natural born leader, crushes it with that stuff. Um, but he realized, and just on his own, he's like, I, I'm not actually absorbing any content that's actually, like, helping me grow in my leadership. And it was like a light switch. He turned that on. He still enjoys elk hunting podcasts and all that stuff, but he intermixes, right? Leadership books, leadership podcasts, and whatnot. And you see that coming out. He's actually, like, working on that skill. And I couldn't be more proud of him for doing that, right? And I probably need to listen to more things that are hobby based so I can do more of that. Right? Down, right? Let me learn from him. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I need more mountain biking podcasts or something, right? Yeah. But uh, no, I just want to say like it, it him consciously like saying, I'm going to work on this. Like it is, it is, it is a process, right? And then it's easy to think, I want to wake up and get better at writing a book. Well, are, what are you doing to like get better at writing? You know, are you doing anything? And like yeah. it's yeah, being aware of that. So it's so true. And I remember a story from back. 
I've I've done a ton and I'm sure you have as well, you know, between podcasts and then doing experiential events where you actually dive in and and roll your sleeves up and get into the, you know, learn how to be vulnerable because I didn't have any clue how to do that. And I kept everything in my, in my pocket, if you will, and that would never let any of it out. I remember being at an event that was in uh, Fresno, California years ago. And at the end of the event, after we'd been together for five days doing all kinds of crazy stuff, physical activities and just deep dives emotionally and spiritually and all of that stuff. At that fifth day, they had one, they put two circles together, basically just call it 50 and 50, right? 50 on the outside, there's 50 in the inner ring. And what would happen is the outer ring would stay in place, 50 people, and the inner ring would rotate one person at a time, maybe every minute or so. And after a week of spending time with these people, you get to know them really well, especially when you're, you're working together as teams, assembling teams, trying to solve problems, trying to physically solve bigger problems, like all this kind of stuff, right? I'm not going to get into detail in case anybody ever wants to do this event. It's really a very powerful one. It's called the uh, Warrior Camp out there. Uh, T. Harvact is the, the, the you know designer of that. But anyway, um, at the end, they did these circles. And what happened, two, two, two people are facing each other. And when they're looking at each other, the, the goal is to tell the person what they see in them, right? The inner person will tell the, the outer person what they see in them and vice versa, right? After a week. And it's incredible because as they rotated around, you got to see everybody. You just, whatever was in your heart at the moment, it was not designed to knock people mm-hmm. down. It was not, it was to empower them. What did you see amazing in them this week? And over and over, people would spin around to me. And I've never talked myself or had anybody ever talk to me like this before. They came around and every time they would say, you're a leader. You have incredible confidence. You're, you're, you know, strong. Like all these, they kept coming. And I, dude, that might seem like, all right, yeah, of course. They all saw me that way. I didn't see me that way. You talk about being born a leader. Like, dude, they don't know what's going on inside of my head. They don't know all the vices that I struggle with. They don't know of all the negative self-talk that goes on in there. They don't know anything about that. Yeah. How can they possibly see somebody who's confident, who's strong and a leader with all of this shit going on in my head? Like it took me aback. And I was like, I came out of that event and felt like there was something way off. Like if that's what the world sees me as, why don't I see me that way? Mm, yeah, that's that's so powerful, man. That is so powerful. I love that. It's crazy though. And and you know what? I sat there and said, wait a minute here. I have a choice. Either I can, you know, mess all the visual up for everybody else and be like, look, I'm just going to go back to the way I feel inside of my head, which is a complete, <laughs> you know, uh, train wreck. Or yep. what, if, what if I started becoming that leader that everybody sees and I start believing in myself enough to become that person. Yep. And that's what's shifted it for me. I stopped and said, you know wow. what? I was like, what if I become the man they see? Because I don't feel like that man yet. What does it take to get there? And that's when I started on my emotion, my, my emotional, spiritual and, and everything journey, you know, and, and to, yep. to get to that point, going event after event and reading books and doing seminars and, you know, and, and, and really taking a look at my spiritual walk with Christ and figuring out where I am in that. Because I was not on a good yep. trail at that moment. I was way away yep. from that. And eventually, thank God, came back around and accepted him into my life, you know, and then everything changed again. And it's just, it's it's just so crazy, but I could not believe everyone saw that in me and I could not understand how, because I only knew what was going on inside of my mind. I thought that was written everywhere and it wasn't. I was a great hider. Yeah. It's incredible. I'd love, it is. And I'd love to add some to this. I'll go back to a couple of things, but one is uh, Craig Rochelle. So he has a quote and it has Ken my partner, my business partner lives on this, but he, he says, um, you do what you do because of who you say you are. Yes. Okay. So then what that ties back in. So you do what you do because of who you say you are. So think of a behavior you're doing right now. Right. Um, um, I, I, 
I work out. Say you work out every day. I work out. Well, because I'm someone who works out, right? Like that's what I am. I'm someone that works out. I'm someone who's healthy. I'm someone who cares about my health or I eat junk food because I think I'm a slob or whatever. I don't know what you can say. Right. But it goes even further. And I'd like to challenge anyone who's listening to this because it ties into exactly what you just said. And uh, one of my coaches actually gave me this challenge a couple weeks ago and it's been so powerful for me. So uh, take this, if, if nothing else, it's, it's awkward, but open up a Google Doc right now or a Word Doc, whatever you're, wherever you're at, and say, it's just start listing affirmations. Start listing affirmations about yourself. So they're, they're I statements and then we statements about your team. But um, one is, uh, I am a great dad. I wrote that statement down, right? I am a great dad. Um, one is, um, I provide for my family both uh, financially and relationally, right? And so like I, I can't remember the exact wording, but write these things out, affirmations, okay? With those, like, that is who you're saying you are. I am this. I don't care if you're not even there. Say, say, um, say you're, you think you're a terrible dad, right? I am a great dad. If you find yourself writing any negative affirmations, you have to write the inverse. Okay. That's the challenge here. So write the inverse if it's negative, but it's very typical for us to write, I am almost a good dad, or I am not really a good dad. Cause we we're in our heads saying yes, this, right? Yes. We'll stop saying that and reverse it. It has to be positive affirmations. It's awkward. You might feel like a liar. You might feel like you're, you're, you're giving false information. I don't care because it's for you. Okay. So you write those things out, right? I wrote, I think I have 20, okay? With that, this is the, I'll take the challenge next, next step. Open up your recording, your memo, your uh, voice memo and your iPhone or, or your Android. And then you literally record this. So I am a great dad. Pause. I am this. I am that. Okay, you do that one time. Okay, it's an awkward thing to do, but you do that. And every morning for the next 21 days, you listen to that. So I, I have been doing that, man. And it is, I'll just say it's life-changing. And I'm actually already within 10 to 14 days of this, I'm seeing things change. So like, why wouldn't you do that? Yeah. So anyways, a little bit, a little bit of, uh, I feel like, yeah, advice that could really change your own brain, like a rewiring of your brain. Dude, I absolutely love that. And you couldn't be more spot on because what you tell yourself inside of your head is what you become. It's that simple. We have a story that's going on in our head. Whether we put it in there or not, it doesn't matter. It's in there. And everything we do tries to keep us in line with that story, Right. And if we say yep. that we're not a good dad or, or that we're not physically, you know, um, in shape or we aren't good with numbers, uh, we just, you know, or we just aren't good with people, you will stay there yep. until you take that, that pattern and you flip it. Right. So, and, and to Patrick's where he couldn't have hit it any better here, the two most powerful words in the human language are I am whatever you fill the mm. blank with afterward is what you become. So if you can listen you take that challenge from Patrick. That is an incredible challenge. That will change your life. I have no doubt in that. And then you start listening to what your mind says, I am. On an average basis, when things are burning down, when things are happening, what are you saying in your head? Oh man, I'm not enough. I can't believe this. I'm not no good at this. What if somebody figured out that I don't know what the hell I'm doing? I am never going to get this. There's no way this ever happens. I am not a business person. I am not an athlete. I am not cut out for this. You keep saying that, you will always be stuck there. When you start catching yourself saying, I am, and you find it to be negative, Patrick's point, flip it, make it an affirmation. I am not an athlete yet. That one word changes it all, doesn't it? I'm not good with numbers yet. That completely flips that pattern. So people out there listening, what Patrick said is amazing. Do that. Write down those affirmations and then speak them into existence and then listen to yourself speak them. You will start believing them and then it will become reality for you. There is identity. There's no, there's no more 
focused thing that a human is after than trying to stay in tune with who they think they are. And if it's negative, yep. you will be negative. And if you can stop it for a second, hijack that bullshit machine that's telling you the wrong things and negative things, you flip that around and you say, I am. And if you even just want to put yet on it for now to get started, it flips the, the, the pattern. And then all of a sudden things start to change. And just like Patrick said, what, seven, 14 days later, you start seeing the world differently. And that is the simplest, fastest, yep. free thing you can possibly do to change your life. Agreed. Agreed. And with that, I think it's important for anyone listening because you you all care about your journey and your leadership. And it's something of this sort of saying, you know, I'm a leader who makes an impact on the people I'm around and the world I'm in. Yes. And just by saying that first every day, like it changes what you actually do that day. 100% dude. Dude, I can go on for days with this with you. I love this conversation. I have to have you come back on and we'll talk some more about this. But uh, so Patrick, how can people find you uh, if they want to reach out? I know you've got some coaching going on now and I, I love what you're doing. So how can people find you? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So you can find uh, find our company, uh, Local Roots at localrootslandscaping.com. That's going to show what we're doing from a landscaping side of things and a home improvement side of things. But uh, if you want to find uh, me and what we're about, uh, if you want any sort of, you know, advice from us or you want to sign up for our coaching or just, uh, you know, catch up with us, uh, Forward Coaching is our, our company name. And that's going to be F-R-W-R-D. So forward without the vowel. So F-R-W-R-D coaching.com. I can also be found at Patrick at forwardcoaching.com. So uh, hopefully that helps. I'm happy to provide that in the, in the notes as well, but would love to chat more about this. This is something I'm extremely passionate about. Um, happy to give advice, listen, share what I'm going through with people. Uh, we do a mix of peer groups and then one-on-one. So whatever kind of suits what you're looking for, uh, but would love to dialogue more on, on that with you all. Awesome. Well, I appreciate you, uh, Patrick, coming on and sharing your wisdom with us and you know, it's been uh, a beautiful hour we spent together and I certainly appreciate your time. So thank you for that. And yeah, couldn't agree more, Joshua. It's been an absolute pleasure here. I love, love this. So thanks so much for having me. Absolutely. And uh, you guys out there listening, you know, I think uh, you heard Patrick put down the, the gauntlet here and tell you to get out that, uh, you know, that Google spreadsheet or a Google sheet and start writing it out or even on a piece of paper in front of you. Start writing down those affirmations. I am, I am, and make sure they're positive. And then you speak them into existence and then you listen to it. And it might be awkward. It might be weird. You might be hiding in a closet so your wife or your husband doesn't hear you do it. But I'm telling you, it works. We've worked deep with affirmations I have over my years of of training. And it is one of the most profound, simple ways to start reestablishing who you are and who you truly want to be. So with that said, Patrick, again, thank you. And guys, see you next week.